0: to episode 180 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. I am the father of the most beautiful beast in the world, Jerry. And we are entering the summer of love portion of the off-season. Yes, that's right. Within the next month, everyone in our country is expected to have access to the COVID vaccine. Temperatures are rising outside. People are ready. To get out there, start yawking, get on the hashtag team, et cetera, et cetera. Freedom is back, baby. Before all that, though, I wanted to do a rare off-season solo pod. You know, I mentioned during the season that I wanted to keep these solos up from time to time. I mean, I just enjoy it so much. And I know you guys have pressing slash disturbing slash perverted slash thoughtful questions that you need answered. So normally, of course, you know, if we were in season, I'd discuss the slate. I would, you know, self-loathe over mistakes. I would use hindsight analysis to punish myself to no end. But without a slate to discuss, I think the best play here is to simply see what's on your mind and immediately jump into everyone's favorite portion of the program, the listener questions. So producer Luke hit the theme music. <laughs> Okay, thank you for all the questions. Appreciate it, as always. Going to do nine of them today. Question one comes from Roberto. He says, what is the process for getting a guest on the podcast? Do people get paid for coming on, or is it more about getting exposure to different audiences? If paid, how does someone determine their price? Yeah, so I'm happy to pull back the curtain here a bit. Uh, First of all, no, no one gets paid to come on. The podcast, never. Um, I think there's typically like some mutually beneficial thing happening here, you know, like a pretty easy to see win-win. We get to pick the brain of someone that we think is really smart, someone who can help you guys, aka the audience. Ideally, I think someone with a niche, a niche specialty um, who can really help us in, in a certain area. And in return, you know, that person comes on our pod and we raise their profile. Hopefully we get them exposure. We let them show off for for, you know, what we think is a pretty big audience who listens to this. Um, now, of course, there's exceptions, right? Like Adam Schefter came on. He, he doesn't need publicity or exposure from us. He did it, I guess, just because he's a legit good dude and, and wanted to help us out. Um, I thought Scott Hansen, who we had on last year was incredible on the show. I think he, he genuinely likes interacting with people who watch Red Zone. Um, I think Jason Strasser, who's been on twice, you know, in the last nine months or so, obviously he has nothing to, to promote and he doesn't need money. Um, I think he just likes educating people about the stock market and finance. And I mean, he's been unreal, you know, maybe my favorite guest that we've had. So, you know, as for the process, uh, in most cases, you know, we'll just reach out to people we want to come on and see what they say. You know, it's honestly not that comfortable of a thing for me. You know, I hate. I hate feel like I'm bothering people or I'm burdening them or I'm putting them on the spot. Um, but I've gotten better with it. You know, I think generally there's a feeling even among, you know, quote unquote famous people, I think there's a feeling, you know, it's just it's just nice to be wanted, like a basic human need to want to be wanted. So, yeah, you know, if you guys have ideas for people we should have on, you know, let me know, you know, for interviews or or for football type stuff. But Ideally, you know, I think the best guests are people who have a different skill set than me and Evan, you know, something unique there. Question two from Scoop Dog says, what's the GTO way to get a dog? Just got an eight week old puppy and she's awesome. But the training accidents, shenanigans are rough and the sleepless nights make it tough to get on the hashtag team. Adopting an older dog avoids all this, but then you've got skin to fur sloppy seconds. What are your thoughts? So I'm not saying that I'm right, but I'll give you my take. I I need a freshie, man. I I need a freshie. I I need to be the first one to give the puppy the skins of fur, the first one to go tongue to tongue, the first one, you know, to clean up the feces. I I just can't mentally deal with the thought of someone else having their hands and tongue all over my beautiful beast before me. Like, how do I know that the dog actually loves me more and didn't wish he slash she was with their previous owner? So I, I get it, you know, training a puppy is brutal, but, you know, uh, it's really just getting your belongings chewed up and your house, you know, like piss slash shit on. You know, it's really not that big a deal. I get that the puppy, you know, is up uh, uh, late, early, but, um, you know, it's worth it. I'm pro puppy. Question three from AJ says, thoughts on cryptocurrency and the future of money? So I am by no means any kind of expert here, you know, furthest thing from it, uh, actually. I'll just say for me, my level of conviction around all this changed when I stopped thinking about this stuff as money and started thinking of it as part of a technology that will undoubtedly change the world. I mean, absolutely, positively, without a doubt, blockchain technology will be a massive part of the near and far future. Um, the currency part of it, I mean, we're nowhere near and we, may ever, and we may never get to buying our groceries in Bitcoin, but like that doesn't really matter anymore. What's going on with NFTs and DeFi and Bitcoin as a store of value and all these other Ethereum based projects. I mean, if you really get into it and think about it and research about it and listen to smart people about it, I think you'll see quickly that there's just a ton of advantages over the current way that we do things. Um really, really, really recommend the Invest Like the Best podcast, Patrick O'Shaughnessy's podcast, the one that he did with Chris Dixon a couple weeks ago. Like they didn't talk about crypto as a currency at all, like not for one second, just about companies and projects and building in the space. So yeah, I mean, for me, just shifting how I think about it and how I think about the space has given me um, a ton more conviction over the last, I don't know, 12, 18 months Question four from Kevin, he says, does the PSM not apply to quarterbacks? Nick Foles and Jimmy G have been below average on the field despite reports of being above average elsewhere. Yeah, so our team here at Gender Labs, LLC, aka Gender Consultants has indeed put in some work here at the quarterback position. And what we did is we tracked the penis size of mice against activity. And of course, what we found is that the more active a mouse was, the more the PSM was able to correlate to results in other words when your job is simply to stand in one place and throw the ball a la philip rivers you know drew Brees, nick Foles, tom brady james winston etc well, well the psm isn't really going to help us predict outcomes here but when we're talking about wide receivers running backs tight ends where they're so active out there that's where the data show that the psm can really help us so we're continuing to tweak that and you know Uh, Ahead of week one, we'll have more updates on the PSM and our latest revelations. All right, got a bunch of questions about uh, the virtual horse stuff and and a.k.a. Zed Racing. And um, I I grouped three of them here together. Uh, Sheldon, any advice on how to convince the wife that buying a virtual horse is a good investment? From Tom, explain the horse thing for the people who have no idea what's going on from alex what's the best way to buy a horse heard the process is complicated yeah so look you know i'm not here to pump my own bags or whatever so you know full disclosure i've made a pretty significant uh quote unquote investment i guess you would call it (laughs) into the virtual horses uh on zed um i just think it's incredibly cool like it's basically very similar to real horse racing you acquire horses you can race them you can sell them you can have them have sex with other horses you know for a fee of course you can sell the offspring you can track data on win rates by distance um, by odds whatever you want but it's all done on blockchain technology the horses themselves are nfts everything is transparent through the immutable public ledger Um, like i said there's odds for every race and you can have a really good horse but it won't win every time because the site is running Tens, hundreds of thousands of simulations of each race and picking one of them randomly to be the result. So yeah, I mean, it's literally what it, what it seems. It's virtual horse racing. And, you know, I just like horse racing. I've always liked horse racing, but obviously, obviously this is the future. I've said it so many times on here. Take anything from today and project it digitally, you know, no matter how crazy it sounds. And like, I'm willing to at least listen. Like actual horse racing has been a dying sport for a long time. Um, in our country, you know, eventually Zed plans to be on Decentraland, or maybe they are already. I'm not sure. Which is essentially like a virtual metaverse, and they'll have high stakes races, hopefully, and third parties will be able to bet on them. I mean, it's basically like a video game, except for a lot of real money and on blockchain technology. Um, as for Alex's question, he asked, "What's the best way to buy a horse?" So, uh, I bought mine at the last drop. It was super hard and stressful to get them because. You know, uh, everybody wanted them. So you do need MetaMask, which is like an Ethereum wallet. You need Ethereum in your MetaMask and you need to pump the gas hard to get them at the drop. Um, The other way to get them is on a secondary market like Matic OpenSea, which is is the uh, uh, blockchain that they're using to avoid Ethereum gas. And yeah, it it gets complicated. I understand. It's really not though once you get into it. Um, And then the third way is just a transfer. So Um, When the breeding barn was open a couple weeks ago, I acquired semen uh, for one of my females twice. Uh, The females pay for the pleasure of the intercourse, but then they get to keep the babies. So I had two offspring, I sold them to some friends, and then I just transferred them to their stable. You can just easily transfer horses from one stable to another. Um, As for convincing the wife it's a good investment, I I don't know, man. Like, uh, what I do know, though, is whenever this comes up, like the Zed... Uh, the, the virtual horse racing whenever it comes up people are absolutely fascinated you know men women everyone like they think it's insane and think it's funny but they also get it right away and like obviously the sex stuff i mean the breeding stuff it's it's just so funny like obviously it's right up my alley you know i make a lot of sex jokes on here and on twitter and and in my personal life too and so it's just i mean the content is so good around the sex stuff but I do think the pop platform will be really popular. There's already, uh, I'd say most times when I'm on, there's around 4,000 people on the site at any given time. But there's certainly risks, you know, like, uh, I don't know if they'll be able to get gaming licenses around the world. Uh, I'm sure competition will enter the space uh, for sure. Um, But, you know, I, I mean, when people say that, hey, you know, only buy stuff that you like, that you actually like, because eventually this, nft mania is going to cool off and a lot of this nft stuff you know most of it 99 percent of it won't be worth anything you know the people who say like they actually want you know a joel M- joel and baby hook in the lane moment to like have and hold and cherish i think most of those people are full of fucking bullshit like an overall majority of them are full of fucking shit that if they weren't going to try to make money on top shot or whatever then they'd have zero interest whatsoever but these horses man i mean i'm having so much fun like legit thinking about what the best horses are, what I should buy, what kind of races I should enter, looking at results and seeing um, uh, how my horses are doing. Like I'm having so much fun. I legit don't care if I lose every cent. So I don't know, man, the the future is just going to be so wild. Uh, This is just a start, but yeah, I know that was long, but I I hope that makes sense. And I hope that doesn't come off as me pumping my bags. I'm I'm really wary of that. Uh, Question six from shlomo k8 he says which receiver on a new team are you looking forward to seeing with their new quarterback the most for fantasy purposes it's got to be curtis samuel on the washington football team with ryan fitzpatrick i mean everywhere ryan fitzpatrick has gone he has boosted the fantasy production of his wide receivers like he may not win actual football games but he's not going to play scared he's going to play vertical he's going to play aggressive he's going to take chances he's going to throw even when guys appear covered and i actually don't think that curtis samuel it's just a gadget guy. Like he can do a lot more. And you did see some of it last year with Carolina, but like he can win as a straight wide receiver. And I think Scott Turner is a sharp dude who will have the right plans for him after spending, you know, 34 million on Curtis Samuel. So yeah, I'm excited about Curtis Samuel in Washington for sure. By the way, speaking of Scott Turner, you know, I I I I'm the exact same age. Like literally, we're like a month apart. Um, and he uh Scott Turner is of course the son of Norv. And when Norv was coaching uh, Washington, the Redskins at the time, uh, we're both from Fairfax County in Virginia, and I went to W.T. Woodson, and one of our big rivals was Oakton High School, and that's where Scott Turner went. Uh, he was the quarterback there. But anyways, our, our senior year, we were kind of an upstart. Our, our basketball team. I didn't play football. I was on the basketball team, and, and we were kind of an upstart. Oakton had a kid named Kevin Brown, who was one of the favorites uh, to win Region Player of the Year, and and we played them at Oakton. Uh, early on in the year and, and we had a uh, we had a lead early and, and I got a steal from Kevin and I went down it and I got a layup and I was just feeling really good and I decided to pick him up full court on defense and I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm uh, full court talking shit to him you know like an asshole just like a total clown I, I was just a total clown and I couldn't hear anything uh, because it was super loud and he just runs me into screen in the backcourt and I just get absolutely laid out like full-blown horizontal we, we watched the tape the next day and i mean it was ridiculous like something out of a cartoon i was just full-blown horizontal um i was able to get right back up somehow but man it looked like i should be dead um those were great times but anyways uh, scott turner uh thinking about him in oakton uh, made me think of that story it's just crazy what you remember i mean that was literally in 1999 we're talking 20 plus years ago but that was the peak man been all downhill since then Question seven from Eric. He says, would you ever consider having your wife on a pod? It would be interesting and probably funny to hear her thoughts on sports gambling, DFS, gender labs, and also your role as a prominent figure in the scene. Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I've thought about it. I do think that people find it fascinating. Like, um, I mean, first of all, it's fascinating. Like, how can any woman want to be with me, right? Like, that's a deep dive of a mystery right there. But then the whole juxtaposition of what I find funny, you know, juxtaposition of an odd career, spending most of my adult life trying to figure out and beat these peer-to-peer skill games and and gambling games all while at the same time going to parent-teacher conferences and soccer games between sex jokes on the internet. Like, I I get it. I, I actually do think that's interesting, but I don't know. I just don't know about exposing my family too much to the internet. Like, I get it. You know, I can take whatever people say. I think I have a good attitude about it. Um, I think I have pretty thick skin about trolls or replies or whatever. Like, It literally never bothers me. I'm just really not sure about putting my family out there too much. We'll see, though. I- I've heard some really absurd couples pods in my life. My buddy, uh, Mark Herm, you may remember him as Dipthrong from the old poker days online. He did a podcast. Uh, he had a podcast a while ago, and he did an episode with his girlfriend at the time, which was just I mean wild like extremely sexual like very deep descriptions about like dick size and like all these kinds of crazy things that they were talking about on this podcast and i mean i I loved it but i just couldn't believe they put it out there um yeah but maybe maybe one day we'll do it question eight from big bear he says how much weight do you put into dynasty and best ball rankings before the actual draft takes place I'm confident in my football analysis, but where these guys land seems extremely integral to what their value should be. I honestly don't get how people do it without that. Yeah, so this is a question about really all games and contests. If the rules and information, or really if just the rules are the same for everyone, you know, then let's play. I'd actually say that the drafts that go down before the actual NFL drafts, the actual NFL draft, those fantasy drafts are more skillful. Like Leone did a bunch of work on rookie quarterbacks and how they should be valued and part of best ball constructions. You know, in dynasty, you know, betting on talent over landing spot is typically right anyways. So yeah, our best ball rankings and Korean's dynasty ranks have been up for a month or so now. We feel really good at them. I think there's a solid edge there. And, you know, after the draft, things are gonna get ironed out way faster than they will uh, before the draft. All right, question nine. Last question we're gonna do today comes from Eric. He says thoughts on prostate massages. Wife and I are celebrating our anniversary here soon and thinking about giving it a shot. Yeah, so first of all, happy anniversary. Uh, Shout out to you, Eric. Um, I like where your head's at. You know, you got to keep it interesting, man. You got to keep it novel. You can't let it get boring. You got to be up for some wild shit. And and that doesn't apply. You know, people think that applies to people out there in the single scene, you know, like the bros who are out there dancing in the clubs and grinding against strangers and being super aggro. I think that keeping things wild is even more important, I'd say, for married people. So yeah, again, I, I like Brian's line here. However, I will say I actually didn't know exactly exactly what a prostate massage was, to be honest. So I went to one of my favorite sites on our beloved internet, Urban Dictionary, and, and here's what it said. It says, When a sex partner inserts a finger in a male's anus, <laughs> in a male's anus and gently massages the prostate, during fellatio or other sexual acts and then they use it in a sentence of course on the escort's voicemail caller asked if she engaged in prostate massage so then i started to think you know uh, that didn't really explain where exactly the prostate is so i went to more googling and it says the prostate is located about two inches inside the rectum between the rectum and the penis um it also says, how do you find it? You'll head south along the back road to find it in a magical place called the anal region. Yeah, so so look, the, the anal stuff, you know, it's not really for me. I know I just said you got to be getting wild and adventurous and novel, but you know, it's just not for me. So I, I thought I was out uh, on this, but then I found this. It, it says, although entering through the anus is the most direct way, you can also stimulate the prostate indirectly through the perineum or taint. That is the skin that runs underneath the scrotum to the anus. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, Eric, you know, you have the green light for me, uh, bud. Uh, please enjoy and uh, report back uh, your findings and your data and everything that you can find. All right. That's going to do it for the rare off-season solo pod. Be sure to head to the site establish we have tons of draft coverage after the draft is over we'll start putting our draft kit into full swing it is already up however though with our early rankings for best ball dynasty silva's top 150 will be coming very very soon everything else you need to be ready for your draft for producer luke for jerry i am adam good luck everybody